Every life has a story, and every story is worth sharing. Your story, my story, and our story speak of victory and defeat, joy and sorrow, resilience and vulnerability. They are not just our story. They are Christ's story in us. They are Kingdom Stories from Down Under. She's a wife, she's a mother, she's a pastor's wife, and she has left South Africa and came to Australia to begin a new journey and a new chapter into a new land and to minister to the people here in Australia. There's so much to talk about tonight, and uh, I am so privileged to have at the show with us Sharon Forson. Sharon, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to <laughs> have know, this conversation. We've, we have had a few people from South Africa yes. with various stories, but I know you and uh, Clive, you've had a massive ministry in South Africa, and for someone like that to just leave South Africa and come to Australia, uh, it's not a big attraction. Uh, you know, what made you come here? Well, obviously, um, God. We know that. It has to be about purpose. Of course. Um, you know, when I was really young, I knew God had said to me that I'm not going to live in one place forever. Yes. That this was going to be a journey. Mm. Um, and He really put that, the revelation of being a pilgrim in my heart. Yeah. And so we moved around a lot in South Africa mm-hmm. um, with the church and what God was doing because something that really is strong on my husband's heart is apostolic ministry, planting churches. Yes. So we saw that and we had come to a place in South Africa where we were pretty comfortable. Yeah. We had worked really hard um, within the vision of CRC and yes. were seniors in the ministry. Yeah, um, that's what I said. You, yes, you reached everything was really the, the point just, of... Comfort. Absolutely. And really beginning to see the fruits of yeah. our harvest and work. Yeah. Obviously working with many other great people. It wasn't just sure. us. The network was um, great. Absolutely, yes. And you know, and then I got the call one night from my husband. Um, no, he believes God said he must go to Australia. This was the August of twenty fourteen. Okay. January twenty fifteen we were in Australia. All of you? Yes, all of us. On and the plane. of course, Sorry. On the plane towards Australia, was it Perth they came yes. to? Okay. Yes. So my husband had been a few times, obviously yes. working with the church here, and he already, already had some relationship with the people here. So CRC was already yes. founded here? Yes. There, okay. was a, there was a small church here, and yeah. part of the senior leaders within South Africa really um, sought the Lord and felt that to go to the next level over the next 20 years, we need to establish... Um, a work here that would yes. also go into Asia, into the East, and be, just be a hub, be a right, sending be place. a different, um, a really strong functioning church. Yes. And so they felt at the time, as a, as a group of senior leaders, that Clive would be the perfect one to do that because he had, of course, overseen all a lot of the um, the church plants in South Africa. Yes. And so really was one of the, the most equipped to do that. Yeah. So he spoke to us as a family, and of course I was in him, with him. But you were. Oh, it was tough in the beginning um, because, as I said, we were very happy. Yeah. Um, we had just moved again to Pretoria, <laughs> and you know God was gracious. He gave us ten years in Bloemfontein where my okay. kids could really get settled and established, and just really get planted in the church um, and the vision of CRC. But yeah. 
building friendships and family and so that was a very special time and yeah. I was really grateful to the Lord for that. And so when he told me um, initially it was a bit of a shock because we had this beautiful house in, in Pretoria and loved the church there. It was also yeah. a new church campus or yes. you know that it had just started. Nice. I loved everything about it. Um, my family, my mom, my sister, and they were all quite near. Oh. I had lived away from them all my life. Um, yeah. So it was just so good. I thought, this, we've arrived. Picture perfect. Yeah. So it was difficult initially, but I remember just within a month or so, just really seeking the Lord and just knowing that it really is all about His purpose. Um, and I wasn't young enough, to, I wasn't old enough to retire yet. I yeah. wanted to still experience <laughs> a lot more in God. There was a lot more to give. There was just so much more that I wanted to experience. And we actually gave our children the option because they were both at university at the time. Okay. David was involved and Carmen in a new church plant in the East Rand, um, okay. Benoni area, which was re doing really great. And David felt at first, no, he's going to stay there because he was really... You know, seeing God doing yeah. great things there and Carmen was very excited to come but within a month or so we actually have in South Africa um, what we call Dream Week in yes. each conference and God just moved so sovereignly that that week in um, David as well establishing in my heart okay. that this is where we need to be and also in, da in David mm -hmm. and he felt he needed to come and I mean, just getting visas and that in that short time, obviously God just opened the, the way because for us. Because they were over 18 by then. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, they were, as I said, finished school. Yeah. But they felt that this, this was going to be part of their journey as well. Wow. And looking back, I don't think we could have done much, much No, better. without them. I mean, they played a crucial role oh, as yeah. part of our ministry team. And I'm really I grateful. I mean, your heart would have been divided. If they had stayed It would have been very difficult, but there Especially are times... Especially David, you, you pride and joy. Yes. Come on. Oh, no. You they have both are. They are both incredibly <laughs> a blessing to me. Um, of course. My children um, teach me all the time. I, I draw from them. I love the wisdom that God has put in their hearts. Yes. And, you know, just the ministry that they both um, bring out is, is really incredible just an incredible for me. voice. There's so, so much power coming through that. But girl. not just as a singer, you know, she has yeah. so much wisdom and so much. Both of them just really are she able to take from the youth. Word of God. Absolutely. Big teaching you. Yeah. So I, I really am excited about that. So yes, it was it was a new season. And I remember sitting in the plane on our way to Australia. And um, like I said, we'd never been here. Oh. Clive had been here. Me and my okay. children had never been to Australia. So you so were moving without having been we'd here? We'd never been here, yeah. And... I remember sitting in the plane and it was if God said to me, he said, you have climbed mountains, yeah, but now you're going to face giants. <laughs> and it was interesting, the February of 2015, because yeah. we arrived at the end of January, there was a big giant festival mm -hmm. in Perth. And it was just a <laughs> reminder. It's just an interesting little reminder. The land of the giants. God started revealing some pretty big giants. Yeah. in the spiritual realm mm -hmm. that needed to be faced and mm -hmm. conquered. And so it wasn't an easy time, No. but God's grace was incredible. And really, um, even in those early years, just establishing us as a family, giving us a real sense of why we are yeah. um, pushing hard in the spiritual yeah. realm um, through prayer, um, just knowing that this was important for what God wanted to do in and through our lives. So yes. it was, yes, um, it is. it has been exciting. And I, I know, even just seeing what God has done from the time we've got here yeah. and the open doors, the different platforms, 
um, especially for David and Clive and Carmen, just the different areas of ministry that God is leading them into. It astounds me yeah. because it can only be God. Sure. And so I'm, I'm really excited for what God is going to do in the future. You know? Were you born in South Africa? I was born in Johannesburg. Are your parents Dutch or English? My dad was originally from Ireland, so oh. my maiden name was Dylan. Okay. So he's got the Irish background. And my mom and my mom's family were not really sure, but also more European yeah. from Europe. And I'm very grateful that from my parents especially, and then from both um, my mom's side of the family, especially many great men of God, um, pastors, yeah. um, missionaries, wow. um, serving God. Big heritage. Yes, a really wonderful heritage, and I'm so grateful for that. So you were born in a Christian family? Into a Christian family, my mom and dad. Reformed? Were, um, um, Pentecostal. Pentecostal, okay. Assemblies of God. Okay. So my mom's family actually were very involved in establishing the AFM, Apostolic Faith Mission, in South Africa, in Johannesburg area. Beautiful heritage. Yes, and um, so and when my dad became a Christian, God really radically saved him, mm-hmm. and he truly was Jesus to me. Um, he loved Jesus. I learned how to love God, people. Yeah. Um, just because of my dad and wow. his relationship with Jesus, even to even the way he died, he gave his life going to help somebody else. Um, somebody had, you know, obviously South Africa has had its reputation for many bad things. Yes. But he went to help someone where a crime was being committed. Yeah. And he went to help the guy and he lost his life. He got um, shot. They attacked him. They, they beat him um, with hammers. And so that was a pretty tough time for our family. How um, old were you? Oh, I was married already. Yeah. Um, David and Carmen was just a, were little. Yeah. And he was sort of semi-retired at the time. And I'll never forget, obviously, those times because these are the things that really impact your life. Absolutely. And my mom says she remembers seeing this commotion that was taking place. A helicopter came to land on their school premises because my mom was working in the offices at the school. Yeah. And the first thing she said was to the ladies in the office, look, obviously something's happening. I just feel we need to pray for the family of that person. Not knowing that it was her and her, her own family. family. Yeah. And she prayed with the ladies in the office. And so, yes, you know, we had to face the, um, the decision to switch off the machines. Oh. Um, so, yeah, he, you know, it was seven days that he was laying there. And we, we prayed and we believed God yeah. at the time. But then the Lord just really spoke to my brother. Mm-hmm. And we knew it was time to let him go. And we, we spoke to the Lord and... I just know the relationship that my dad had with God was that he wanted to be with Jesus. And something yeah. I've learned, Nathaniel, is when things happen and you don't understand it, speak to God. Yeah. So many Christians turn away. Yeah. And they, they run get away angry or and they, they go lock, silent. They lock their hearts. And I knew at the time that I needed to speak to God. And I said, you know, we didn't understand why that yeah. happened. Yeah. And then you believe in healing, but he wasn't healed. Yes. And... When we speak to God, he always gives us the answer if yeah. we listen. Yeah. And he said, uh, my dad had a choice. And he first made that decision to go and help that man. He yeah. was willing yeah. to give his life. Um, and then when he had the choice of, did he want to come back to earth, you know, to be with us? Or having a glimpse of heaven, was there ever really a choice? He would <laughs> much rather be with his saviour. 
Then I was angry at my dad and I said, well, how could he just leave us? Yeah. But the Lord again spoke to me and said, when you experience my presence, yeah. you know that your heavenly father can look after you much better than your earthly father. And mm. my dad knew that. And so it was a difficult time for my family. But I think even in that, again, getting back to my heritage is learning forgiveness. Yeah. And just never... F- blaming or you know being never resentment i don't think those people were ever caught or prosecuted but you see it was much bigger than that my dad chose to give his life yeah he went that way to help someone and so that was something that we we even learned as a family sacrifice to forgive and let go absolutely it's much bigger than us you know this this journey is far bigger than um what we want to hold on to because we live yeah. in, a, in a world that's very self-centered yeah and even a lot of our modern christianity has become about yeah. that you know my blessing my gifting yeah. what what can i get out of this and when we learn to just say god this really is for you this is for your purpose yeah um, we're only on earth for a very short time that's right this is about eternity it just changes our perspective yeah. in relationships you know yeah. especially being in ministry yeah. I'm sure you all know um, you get a lot of fun times, a lot yeah. of fun people, amazing people, wonderful people, but then you also get some really tough situations that you've got yeah, to you face. Yeah, you get betrayed and you get stabbed. And you've got no choice. You've got to forgive. Absolutely. But when especially you learn if, to do that Especially quickly, if they ask for forgiveness, even if they don't, <laughs> but at times they do. You know, I think one of the, the secrets I've learned about life is just keep it simple. Yeah. Um, when we follow God's way, yeah. forgive quickly. Yeah. Um, Don't let it become a layer of anything. Absolutely. Keep him as the center of it all. Um, It makes life so much easier. Absolutely. You know, the the burden is not one that is so heavy that it. it, um, Because there's a lot of people I've seen along the way. My husband and I have been in ministry going on to 34, 35 years now. And the tragedy, you do see a lot of people fall by the wayside and get up. And it hurts. It, it, it really hurts because, because the kingdom... It hurts because you've invested yeah. in them and you've been through, with them through mm. the thick and all. Mm. And yet, you think, why would you give up? Mm. I mean... Mm. But not only people that we've worked with. I'm talking about people in ministry. Yeah. You know, they just give up. It just gets too much. And more and more, I think, in the world we're living in. Yeah. Um, your heart wants to break when you see so many Christians feeling that it's just too hard to go on. Well, we've seen it here in Perth, haven't we? Yeah. You know, even pastors. Absolutely. You know, taking their own yeah. lives. Yeah, it's tragic. Is, it's it's yeah, really tragic. Sad. Yeah. So you grew up in a Christian family. That mm-hmm. must have been beautiful. How many siblings? I have a wonderful brother and sister. Very close to them. Older or younger? I'm the eldest. Okay. So Big sort sister. of had to lead the way, yes. Pine, do all the pioneering stuff. But I'm very grateful for my family. Um, yeah. So what, what were your parents doing? What, what was their job? Oh, my mum and dad were really simple people. Um, my dad worked at Atlas, um, which was basically part of SAA now. So he was a technical man. Okay. Very um, handy with yeah. his hands. He used to build and fix everything. Wh- where were you in Pretoria? No, this was Benoni area. So okay. Boxburg, Benoni. That's where, although I was born in Johannesburg, that's where I grew up. Yeah. And my mum was a stay-at-home mum for many years. Mm-hmm. And then which sort of went common. back... Sorry? Was common in that era and Absolutely, in South Africa. Absolutely, yes. And, um, and then later went to just do work, casual work, and then ended up working at the school for mm-hmm. many, many years, you know, mm-hmm. in, in her more senior years. What's your first memory of childhood? Oh, wow. 
even just playing with my brother and sister in the garden. My mom and dad were brilliant gardeners. Yeah. Um, won many garden competitions and Flowers, we just played and plants, oh, all the more garden and just veggies. Um, garden uh, yeah. plants, yeah. Uh, flowers. So that that's one of my earliest memories, and of course, just being in church. We grew up in church. Um, that was part of. Were you what singing? We did. Were you part of any ministry as such? Or? Only later became yeah. involved in the youth leadership. Okay. Um, you know, and although growing up in a Christian home, it was only about the age of thirteen when I really had an experience with Jesus. It was so funny at a youth group; they were all giving their testimonies, and my turn came, and, you didn't and I sort of much. made up something, and I thought. <laughs> You know, I don't know if I've actually done this yet. Yeah. And I remember that night at home in bed calling my mom and saying, I really want to give my life to Jesus. And she prayed for me and I made that commitment. And I know I was born again at that moment. Yeah. And then a few years later, um, we had an incredible children's church ministry and youth ministry. And one Sunday morning, just we were just worshipping the Lord and... I must have been about 15, 16, because it was just soon into high school. And those leaders knew what was happening, but of course we didn't. But the next thing, just started singing in this new language and just baptized in the Holy Spirit. Beautiful. And I still see that in my mind. Yeah, Because it was so... Vivid, so real. It was so beautiful. Yeah. You never forget it. No. And the next morning, the first thing I remember is I couldn't wait to get to school. Yeah, to to tell. tell my friends about <laughs> Jesus. It was, I had this one aim. And I was really blessed, you know, those are the days where um, the schools, and look, schools in South Africa are very open to the gospel. Yeah. And so as I got more senior, I became the SEA chair lady, which mm-hmm. was the Students Christian Associate Association. Nice. And we had some revival meetings. And I think that's where God really started putting the call of, of ministry and, um, you know, just, Working for him one day, yeah. full time. Um, I remember sitting in a class one one afternoon and people were talking about the weekend because I had the privilege of leading most of all my friends sure. to the Lord, many of them, um, serving God, having really a wonderful experience with God. And they started talking and the teacher, it was as if a holy hush came into that classroom. And it was this weird, obviously just the presence of God, but... Many of the people didn't know what was going on in the teacher. And she said, Sharon, I think you need to come and say something or do something in the class. (laughs) And I just knew it was the Holy Spirit. And I just went out and I stood and I just started ministering. And I said, if you want prayer, this is in the middle of a school day. And all these people came to the front, many of my friends. And those who had already made a commitment and experience, they came up with me. And we started praying for some of these young people. Wow. There was a few that were slain in the spirit. This is in class. And yeah. just thinking about that the other day, I was thinking, what a wonderful experience. Yeah. We were also able to have assemblies where we could just yeah. share about Jesus. Mm. And we had some really wonderful men and women of God coming through, um, having altar calls in school and seeing many, many of the students giving their lives and to Jesus And these are public Christ. schools. These are public schools. It is changing now. Yeah, of course. But at that time, it was really a wonderful privilege to see that. Mm. Our SEA meetings, which were during break, became so full that there were kids standing outside looking through the windows wanting to get in, where they had to move our venue because it was just too many children wanting to hear about Jesus. That's beautiful. And I I think, you know, just... I was talking to a social worker the other day, um, 
uh, somebody from the Department uh, of Child Protection here yes. in Australia. And it's so difficult for Christians to have Engage any access in the, in the schools and that. But remembering what God had done at my time and even hearing what she said is that they're very open. If a child comes and says they want to go to church because their friend has invited them, yes, they don't have any problems with that. As long as the parents don't get in. Well, obviously, but you know, when I'm talking about children in protection yeah. oh, and you know, okay. in um, foster homes and that, they're yeah. very open to that. Yeah. As long as it comes from the friendship group. And so we really need to believe God for a revival amongst our children. Yeah. They are going to be able to reach their peers. Yeah. It's not going to be through a system. No. It's going to be God Relational working through in the, the children. children. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. that is something we are really praying for. I think you're right. And I think we should have presence in the schools more and more. Uh, Absolutely. And uh, I, I always say to parents, you know, get on the PNC, get on the school board, get be on involved. whatever, be involved, be, be with the teachers, with, yes. the, with the principal, be with the children. Yes. I I have a vision. I believe in every school there should be a church. Oh wow, absolutely. Yes. You know, imagine if mm. you know, in most public schools there must be at least three to five percent Christian mm. families. Mm. If they begin to worship and mm. plant a church in the mm. school, mm. imagine the impact. No, you know, absolutely. And I think you know, when you got five, six hundred kids coming to that school, mm. well, ten percent is fifty mm. kids. Mm. That's 50 families. That's a church. Now, I really believe that part of the revival that God is going to bring is going to be three children. Yeah. Um, and we see the onslaught. Sure. Against the children. The attack is... You know, apart so, from abortion yeah, yeah. and the... Oh, the, long before you know, they the even make it in the school. identity crisis, yeah. trying to steal from the children of the next generation. Um, how many Christian families are stopping their children from even going to church? Yeah. I heard terrible statistics recently... Uh, about America though but I think that sort of filters down to many other countries um, they were asking the questions why are so many churches closing Yeah. and one of the surveys that surveys they've recently done is that only 6% of Christians are really Bible believing faithful yeah. Christians yeah. The rest are so nominal. you know we can be a Christian but are we really nominal. do we really believe yeah. the Bible yeah. and everything it says because that's what and God are we wants practicing? to bring back Absolutely. You know, on a daily basis, on a weekly because basis. Because that's the only thing that is going to reach our generation sure. and the next generation. Yeah. If we're going to try and bring a Christianity that is filtered through our own opinions and the trends of the world yeah. and what, you know, the modern mindset is thinking, we're going to fail. Of course. It has to be based on what is... The gospel. The, the gospel, absolutely. So how are so your teenage years, in your teenage years, you didn't have a period of rebellion or anything like that? You didn't stay? No, I did. I think also just leading up to before I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and I would want to go to parties and I would also look at my friends and, you know, they seem to sort of have these exciting, you know, how children talk. Yeah. And I remember saying to my dad, Dad, I want to go to this disco, we would call it in those days, yeah. you know. Nightclub. Yeah, well, it wasn't a nightclub. It was parties and yeah. kids' houses. And and he would say to me, we'll go and speak to the Lord about it. See what Jesus says. Yeah. If he says you can go, you can go. <laughs> and of course, I wouldn't pray about it because I knew what Jesus was going to say. But I would, I, he allowed me. That, yeah. That's what I really learned about my dad. Um, and I think has helped me a lot in my parenting. And well, just said, the fact that you remembered it. Absolutely. Is, well, it, you know, because is, is well, I remember because going to one of the parties and everyone was dancing, never did anything overly wild. And, 
but the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I just didn't yeah. want to be there. Mm. I just didn't want to be there. And so, you know, that didn't last long. So you, there was a few parties. When you finished year 12, what did you do? Well, as I said, by then I knew God had called me into ministry. Um, so you went to Bible college or? My prayer was, and I'm so glad that God didn't answer that prayer, was, Lord, I'm willing to go live in a mud hut for you. Yeah. Um, there were plenty yes. in South Africa. <laughs> ready, <laughs> yes. ready to receive I was you. Well, willing to go to, you know, the deepest, darkest Africa, if that's where God had called me. But I went to Africa School of Missions. Okay. And um, my pastors of a few years earlier was Paul and Carol Alexander. Mm-hmm. And great, great man and woman of God um, impacted, even has had an impact on David with his studies but um, really inspired this to me. And God opened the door for them to open a Bible school, really a missionary training college. So after school, I had the privilege of going there Mm -hmm. and studying theology. And it was near the end of my studies there that I met my husband. He wasn't at Bible school at the time. He was in a Christian band. Oh, what was he doing? What was he playing? He was a great rocker these days. (laughs) You'll have to hear his story. Okay. He's got a really I'm still waiting for him. I need need to persuade him to come to Kingdom Story. And I remember going to um, support my cousin who was in the Christian band and they were playing in a coffee bar. And both of our stories are we sort of saw each other across the room and I knew this was my husband. And he knew it was going to, I was going to be his wife. Of course, I avoided him the rest of that night. Yes. And we met up a while later and got married. Um, how did he propose? I'm not going to tell you that. That can be his story. You can ask him about that one. Okay. It was a very unique way. Yeah. A very unique way. Um, I think one of the first phone calls was he basically proposed. Yeah. You know. He was um, dead serious. I wouldn't say he was dead serious, but he probably was, you know, because I think we just knew. um, And a while later spoke about, we weren't going to mess around. We we didn't want to be in a relationship. We didn't think that this was what God wanted for both of us. So he was in ministry as well? Well, he was in what we would call lay ministry. He was working. But did he make up his mind that he would... Oh, he knew. I mean, he was preaching on the streets um, in a place called Hillbrow at the time, which is very much like Northbridge, inner city. um, Okay. Had some wild experiences there, preaching. Him and the the Christian band that he was in would travel around the country, just ministering, leading people to Christ. Beautiful. I was at Bible school and then um, we got married and a few months later went back to Bible school. He felt he wanted to do some studying as well. Okay. And then after that it was back to Hilbra, which was the inner city. Mm-hmm. A bit of a shock for me because I did grow up quite sheltered. Yeah. Um, working with prostitutes and drug addicts in the inner city. Mm-hmm. Um, learned a lot. You um, would. Had to become quite street savvy very quickly. Yeah, street smart. But really started just seeing God move and just had a desire to really um, impact the world. And then from Fixburg, we went to, a, uh, sorry, from Hillbro, we went to a very small little town called Fixburg. So it was like two extremes. Um, and that, of course, that's where David was born. So you went there to plant the church? At that to... time, we were still with the Assemblies of God Church. Okay. And my husband took over a church there. Mm-hmm. So, we so were full-time ministry? There. Yes. Yes. Both of you or it was no, only both him? of us. Both of us were involved in the okay. church, pastoring, leading, reaching the community. And David was born then. That's where David was born. Yeah. And it was in those years that we had, I really believe, a, di- a divine connection with Pastor At Bosov and mm-hmm. Loretta Bosov. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. They were also in a small town, and I really believe God connected the hearts of us as couples, and especially Clive and Pastor Utt. They just there was the same connection and vision um, to see God move. Um, revival was written all over their hearts, and um, it was never the same. I mean, from then, you know, they went back to Bloemfontein, planted Christian Revival Church, and we were in Johannesburg for a while. Yeah. And then we became part of Christian Revival Church as well, and moved around quite a lot in South to Africa. To plant planting, churches and to build churches, other. churches, yes. So you planted church yes. in the apostolic way, and you'd raise up elders and... Pass on the church to them and move. move no, again. well, it wouldn't be um, raising up elders. You know, we worked within an apostolic team. Yeah. Um, and we would go and plant the church. Yes, raise leaders. Yeah. Um, not necessarily pass it on unless God said now yeah. is the time. So there was that working together with the Holy Spirit with leaders. Sure. It wasn't necessarily a traditional way of. Yeah. You know. A it system. wasn't a system. No, it wasn't necessarily a system. It no. really was led by the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. um, you know, finding key areas, places where they felt God wanted to plant something. And we would go in and often, sc- well, we did start from scratch with nothing, no one. Um, but they were fun years, you know, looking back, I wouldn't change it for anything. What was the greatest pain you suffered in the ministry so far? Well, I think in the ministry, yes, there, there have been some tough betrayals. You know, Close as people. you said, when you pour your life into someone, and I have learned though that this is not about me, and I have learned not to take it personally yeah. anymore. But in the beginning, that can be oh, really hurts. tough. Um, you know, when you, like I said, you pour out your life for people. But I think does it from, does it stop you to carry on afterwards? Are you more hesitant with other relationships? I think you grow wiser. Wiser. You do grow wiser. Yeah. Um, something that I've learned and, and also really try to teach my children as well, even as a family, God calls us to be interdependent, yes. not independent, no, not interdependent. codependent. Yes. Um, many people, even in ministry, become very codependent sure. or even have a messianic kind of complex. You know, I'm the only one yeah. who can help you. Um, and so I've learned to mature over the years in that. I will do what I believe God wants me to do in a relationship, yeah. um, help people. Yeah. I will go to the ends of the earth if yeah. I need to. Um, but I cannot or I should not expect something back from that person. Yeah. This is really needs to be something that I'm doing for what God wants me to do. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, this is about... It's not results driven. No. no, it can't be. Um so I think that has where I've, I've learned. I haven't invested myself completely in individuals yeah. or situations. It's in the kingdom. It really is in the kingdom. And I think going back to what I said in the beginning about becoming a pilgrim, God made, gave me an incredible passage in the early years of my life and ministry. It was Psalm 84, where it talks about even the sparrow has a place to lay her head yeah. and a home for her young. Aww. And it carries on. But I'd much rather be in, in the courts of the Lord. Yeah. And blessed is the one who sets his heart on pilgrimage. Yeah. Because he will see the Lord and he will experience the blessing of the Lord. Yeah. And then there's a beautiful passage which I've really experienced in my life is even when you pass through the valley of Baca. Yeah. Which was really like a rubbish dump or yeah. a very, you know, hopeless kind of place. God gave me the promise that I will turn it into streams of living water. Beautiful. And I've always trusted him to do that. Yeah. 
Um, so wherever we've gone over the years, um, and talking about the greatest pain, yeah. is often uprooting and oh, starting all over again. Yeah. Because I'm the kind of person... So you can't, you can never be comfortable. Maybe being a mom or... Also relationships. Know, a mom or a wife. But I would go in and I, you know, you put your roots in yeah, deep. Quickly. As you were speaking earlier, I would get involved in the school committees, parents associations. Yeah. I was involved in everything. Yeah. And then it was that uprooting, which in the early years was really difficult. It literally did yeah. at times tear my heart apart. Well, many you build tears. Relationships, many and, tears. You know. But again, over the years have learned that I've got to invest that in his kingdom. Yeah. It's not a geographical place per se. It's his kingdom and learning to enjoy and appreciate the relationships God God gives you during Even for times, a season. Even if it's for a season. Because so your expectations change. Your expectations change. That's why you're change, not disappointed. And you don't have to get disappointed. Yeah. But you learn to receive that which you have for yeah. the time. Yeah. And it becomes a long-term vision. Sure. Because looking back over the years of the many churches we've been part of, yeah. I'll never replace it. We've had incredible people in our lives. Mm. And we live in an age where you can still, there is that type of connection. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't lose that. No. It changes. But you don't lose that. Mm. Um, and so I've learned to appreciate yeah. what I have for the moment. Because I know there's no guarantees for tomorrow. That's right. Yeah. That the power of today is massive. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to really seize that and, and use it as much as a person So can. This, this season that you're in at the moment, you've obviously uh, grown the church here in Perth. You have a beautiful new facility and the church is expanding and is growing and yeah. you're reaching out more and more in the community. And also as uh, pastors in the city, uh, you get uh, to network a lot more now mm. and uh, you know I, I see you in various circles with uh, pastors which is beautiful mm. no, it what's, really what's is this wonderful. season for you? Wow that is a good question um, I think you know as I said my heart is always to be fruitful in whatever season I am in yeah um, I really do believe over the last while part of my my specific season is to really serve my family Mm -hmm. um, to ensure not that I have any specific way of making that happen but to do whatever I can to support them in where they are right now Yeah, um, I really think it is a crucial period and, and for me that is a privilege yeah. to be a part of that and I don't take that lightly No, because we all need support we all need people with us in that journey. Yeah. So when I see God working in my husband, in my son, in my daughter, to be a part of that is an incredible privilege. Yeah. And I know the role I have to play in that. Yeah. And I think that goes over to the church, mm -hmm. to the next generation, Yeah. Um, to really see those children, those young people, yeah. um, discover their destiny in God, yes. who they are in Christ, and to know why they've been born and yeah. you know that there is something divine that god has for them everyone is born sure. with something divine within yeah. them Unique. you know that that gift from god absolutely yeah. and for me being a pastor um i love also teaching the word of god so mm -hmm. bible school is a passion for me but being a pastor just unlocking 
or being a part of unlocking that gift potential, the gifts in young people yeah. um, and even in older people when they yeah. discover that I can do this yeah. and you just see that gifting come out of them is for me one of the greatest joys. Um, yeah. I truly, truly love that and that has been the part, a part of the journey even with my own children, um, seeing God's gift within them from very young and just Are you ready for the, big, over the years. for the big chapters of their lives? Uh, oh yes, we're waiting. You're with waiting. great anticipation for the next season. Because uh, obviously they're almost on the verge of getting married. Um, David's got someone, I understand. Uh, um, well, I'd... no, they're both pretty um, <laughs> in the waiting game right now yeah. and, and trusting God. And Carmen? Both of them are not no. um, involved with anybody at the okay. moment. Okay. They're involved, obviously, in ministry. David sure. incredibly busy with busy, studies. Yeah. And so I genuinely masters. don't think they could actually manage to be involved <laughs> with somebody right now. But I know God's gracing and timing. Yeah. Well, he just slots It'll it just in. Happen. It just happens. Yeah. Um, so, yes, absolutely. No, that is Are you at there. peace with that chapter? No, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's um, an important part of Oh, it's of vital. Journey. It's critical. Um, I'm so just I saying, would never want to mom, hold them back. As a mum, are you concerned that you want, obviously you want to make sure that they marry the right person because it'll make them or break them mm. really mm. <laughs> you know you know what um, being um, involved in counseling for many years um, again there's no guarantees no and I want them to find someone that they can love and be happy with and yeah. obviously walk the journey of serving God together yeah. there's nothing greater than that mm -hmm. um, but not to fear Yeah. That, you know, that if they make that decision, it's the wrong one. No. Because I know many relationships where it has been the right one. Yeah. And it and turned it out. <laughs> Because each day in your marriage, or you know, is, is a journey that you both have to walk before God. Yeah. And it's something that I really believe God has to give a, a young couple a, re a revelation of. Mm. That this is a mystery. This is a picture of yeah. Christ in the church. Yeah. And then when they get that and they understand that marriage is something so beautiful and it's much bigger than just, you know, what we see in the movies. Or, yeah. Um, that the they romance. can, yes, partake yeah. of that. Well, they are very mature and, and both in age but also in, yes. in their personality. No, they, they're ready and, and we trust God for yeah. the right one at the right time. Yeah. Yes. What's the legacy you want to pass on to the generations that follow? Oh, wow. Um, you know, when you look at it, the world today, I think I really want to be faithful in the, the testimony of mm -hmm. serving God and being faithful in who He is. That yeah. this is a real relationship with yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Um, looking at my own children, it was never about religion or no. about trying to force some kind of way of life. Yeah. They needed to see that this is real. Yeah. Because it is. Yeah. Our relationship with Jesus Christ is everything. Yeah. That is the foundation. So to be a light, because even a small candle in the Dark. deepest darkness it will shine. makes a difference. Yeah. And looking back over my families and the many, many generations that have served Jesus and passed that on, I want to be one that passes that light on. I don't want it to go out. No. As I said, there's so many where it seems to just be falling by the wayside. Yeah. But if I can go into it, into eternity knowing that I have passed 
that torch on to the next generation. That those coming can see that light in the darkness, then that is something that I I think will make me really happy. That's beautiful. I take something away. Um, I don't know if you picked it or you meant it, but what I take away today is, is something that you said that has really impacted me. And I don't know if our listeners have picked it up. But to be fruitful in every season, there's, there's something important about that because most plants and most trees only fruit in one season, you know, usually in autumn or summer. What you're saying here is that we can be fruitful in every season of life. So we don't have to wait for the next season. In every season, there's, a, there's, there's something that the Lord wants us to be doing. Absolutely. It can and, look different. Yeah. But it can, it's still fruit that needs yeah. to feed. There's no off and season. produce for His glory. Absolutely. Yeah. And for you to come out of South Africa, mm. where you had a fruitful season, and you think, you know, now it's a time of, you know, rest. <laughs> no, no, no. It never is. No. You know. But I think in God it is always, because when we strive in, in our flesh, and yeah. that's also something that I learned many years ago. I love nature. I love trees. I love anything that God has created to me, it always speaks. But I've never seen an apple tree grunting and groaning to pop out that apple. No. It produces it naturally. Yeah. And so when we rooted and when we planted yeah. in, in, in Christ, that fruit will just come naturally. Yeah. And it doesn't burn us out. No, no. It doesn't drain us. No. It actually refreshes our, us and revives us. Our existence us. in Him will Absolutely. bring fruit. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I say to people, you're, you're either green and growing, or you're ripe and rotting. <laughs> no, well, so, it's be right and you know, ripe and rotting. It's, yeah. And I don't think, I think we, you know, a tree planted by the water Absolutely. is green and growing and green and growing and just mm-hmm. producing fruit. Absolutely. You know? As long as the water flows, the anointing is there, mm-hmm. they'll keep producing fruit. If we plug into Him and we plant it into Him, He does the work. Beautiful. We're just that vessel. Sharon, I honor you. Thank you. Oh, thank you for having me. It was really lovely. What a beautiful story. What a beautiful testimony. To bring fruit in every season, amazing. And Sharon's doing that, and she trusts in the Lord in this season of her life as well. And she wants to pass on the legacy that Jesus is real to the generations that follow. I don't know what your story is, but you're learning with me tonight that we can be fruitful in every season, and we must show those people around us, especially our families, that Jesus is real. Make Jesus real for everyone you encounter. And if you do that, and I do that, and Sharon does that, this world will become a better place. Thank you for being with us at King of Stories from Down Under. Please do rate this uh, podcast, uh, distribute it, share it, subscribe to our channel, and tell others about the wonderful stories that you hear and uh, that you are growing with and journeying with Kingdom Stories. We look forward to seeing you next time when we will have somebody uh, close to our heart again and you'll listen to these beautiful stories and watch them here at Kingdom Stories from Down Under. I'm Nathaniel Costia. Thank you for joining us on Kingdom Stories from Down Under. We'd love it if you would subscribe, rate and share these stories with your wider community. And remember, every story is worth sharing, including yours.